You are listening to the Thinking Effect podcast with Osho Green and Lillian Kriegler. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Thinking Effect podcast. And this is episode 21, which is all about how can teachers use nature to develop their student thinking. And while Lillian is on a well-deserved break, I have a special guest for you today. It's Hope Blicker. Hello, Hope. How are you? Hi, and thank you so much for letting me be your guest for this podcast. It's an honor to have you. Can you please introduce yourself to our audience? Sure. I'm Hope Lecker, and I am currently in New Jersey, and it is a pleasure to be here and bringing my over three decades of experience to you and hearing from you as well. So I look forward to this conversation. (laughs) Excellent. So we'll kick it off. So today is all about nature and how nature impacts our ability to think. And, and uh, it's important to know that, you know, when our brain is calm and relaxed, we think better. Our cognitive abilities enhances. And today, unfortunately, we see more and more children spending more time indoors in front of their screens and less time outdoors playing in nature. And this actually have a negative impact on children, so much so that um, it is actually called nature deficit disorder as the lack of nature in, in children's life impact their uh, well-being. Uh, for example, they have they're more stressed, they have more anxiety, um, they have uh, the level of um, ADHD is increasing because of the lack of exposure to nature. So not spending time in nature has a huge impact uh, on children. Uh, well-being mentally, socially, and their cognitive capabilities. And I agree with that. I have seen it in my own students. Um, I currently teach adult ELL students. And prior to that, I taught students who were in middle school and right at the height of the pandemic. And everybody's inside and they are definitely on their devices. And prior to that, it was uh, something that I noticed. And we were inside more and more, partially for security, partially because it was learn, 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 test, 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 study, study, study. And I was even feeling we need to be outside. We need to take a walking field trip. We need to, you know, look at the clouds and say, what do those clouds look like? Let's write a story about it. So I was definitely feeling it. Students, when they would be outside, it was that transformation of let's skip, let's hop. And they're 12, 13 years old. And they were like, (laughs) and you could see that relaxation helping, um, helping them focus, helping them like transform, get the angst out and it was quite cute, actually, to see kids, you know, hopping over the cracks in the sidewalk and just kind of being very free spirited, spirited, coming back in the classroom and being like a, a, a switch turned and they were ready to work. Yeah, it's amazing the impact of nature. And you mentioned COVID. And I have to say, I live in Melbourne and Melbourne won the title of the most lockdown city. Unfortunately, we were in lockdown over 260 days. And the one thing that kept me going is my connection with nature. I spent a lot of time in the backyard, you know, touching the grass, touching the plants, looking at the clouds, at the birds. 
And luckily we live next to the ocean. So I was able to go to the ocean, you know, just looking at the water, listening, feeling the sand. It has such a huge impact. It really helped me go through that difficult time. And there were people who were posting that they couldn't hug people. So they went outside and hugged a tree. A lot of people <laughs> bought pets during COVID because they wanted that connection that they could not have with people. Going out, taking a walk became a big stress releaser. Meditating, jumping in puddles. I even took a class during the pandemic from the Forest School Teacher Institute to become a teacher outdoors in nature which is something that I've done before. I did it as a Girl Scout. I like to be outside calmly on a kayak. We do a little bit of camping. <laughs> and, and, and having that like uh, permission to say, we can be outside and learn was something that I think we just took for granted. Oh, well, we can always do it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. We will get to it. And during the pandemic, it was, we will essentially do it. Yes. And it became a, a, a switch for me, again, to say, I want to purposefully integrate this into what I do. Yeah, this is so important. And today there are many research papers that shows actually the huge impact of spending time in nature on children. And, and we know that it uh, improved their academic performance. And there are a few researchers on schools in the USA, for example, where students have more access to nature and outdoors learning. And these schools, actually, the children in these schools perform much better in terms of their academic performance uh, comparing to other schools. So definitely there is a science, a lot of science behind it today that shows how um, the connection with nature impact children's cognitive capabilities and therefore their ability to learn and perform better at schools. And I was teaching the book A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. And we didn't have a tree uh, in our classroom. Uh, we don't have an outdoor classroom like that. So across the window ledge, I brought in some little plants and purposely, I didn't say anything. I was like, let's bring them in. Let me see if anyone notices. And having been a teacher with experience, I had faith that someone was going to notice and eventually <laughs> you know, bring them in. Um, and they did. They were like, oh, what are we doing with these plants, you know, Dr. B? And I said, well, you know, we're doing a tree grows in Brooklyn. We're not in an area where we can, you know, grow a tree in the classroom. So these were our trees. And, and for a few days, I was watering them, you know, a little bit each day. And then I had some students who were, can I take care of the tree? Should we name the tree? And I said, they're your trees. They're not mine. We're doing the book. We're taking care of trees. And so they slowly really became the caretaker. And then our principal had spoken to us right before, you know, everything shut down. And I had what were four little trees, you know, little plants had become eight. And I thought, I, I'm not taking these all home. <laughs> so I just, you know, when we, when we got the news, um, you know, we're, we're probably closing tomorrow. It'll just be a short time. I, I asked the kids who would like to take one home to, you know, nurture and take care of. And there were more people who wanted to take them home than I had plants, which I thought was wonderful. And during COVID, when we were locked down through the end of the year, periodically, the parents would send me pictures of the kids with the little plants. Oh, and I thought, yeah. that's what this is about. We're reading the book, but you're getting so much more out of it. And you're understanding the symbolism of the tree. 
and how and how it's you know how it grows how it becomes part of us and and that was um something that you know you can't plan for that to happen absolutely i hope it happens it was there as a tool i i thought it would happen but you know when the parents also got involved and then continued oh my child wants to have a garden now you know what do you think of that i was like go for it (laughs) teach them at home let them take pictures so, you know, to say it really took on a life of its own was a beautiful thing to see. It is. It's wonderful. It's probably helped them through COVID as well. And and one of the things, you know, when I was um, looking into it, one of the things I found that it's not just benefit our children, the students in terms of, you know, their well-being, their social connection, their ability to learn. It's actually also um, helping teachers. So. Teachers who actually spend time outdoors, teaching their students outdoors, even if it's just one hour a week, it increases their job satisfaction and their own well-being. So it works well for teachers and students as well. And as I mentioned, you don't have to spend a lot of time outdoors, but it's enough to that you spend like half an hour a day will make a difference and you'll see that. And I agree with you. And I've heard people say, oh, I live in the city, so I can't do that. And that's not true. I want to say that if you live in the city, you have a different kind of nature. You have access to it in a different way. And it may just be um, in New York, for example, there is this big mission that started when it was Mayor Bloomberg that they were going to plant a million trees. And they did it. They reached their goal. And in these neighborhoods that were, you know, they, they, you know, concrete jungles and everything is paved over. They said, no, we are purposely going to plant the trees. We are going to bring them back. And people were noticing birds and it was the adults and they were noticing birds and taking care of it and, and doing the little, you know, the gardening that was something like, this is mine. I take pride in this now. And it's a stress releaser. Let's meet by the tree. Let's, let's, um, you know, and decorate. And, and I don't know if you've heard, there are some people who yarn a tree. Oh, yeah, so they we have actually, it here, yeah, in Melbourne as well. <laughs> and it just takes, it's a, it's a different kind of art, but not only is it art, it's another connection. Absolutely, absolutely. And yeah, let's talk about it then, because we want to help teachers um, get some ideas of how to bring nature into their teaching. So obviously, if you have at school a backyard with trees and grass, that's wonderful. Or if you if you have parks nearby that you can easily go on excursion with your students, that's wonderful. But you can also easily bring nature into your classroom. And this is what I want us to have a chat about to help children, uh, help teachers with a few ideas as to how to bring nature into the classroom. So where I start with bringing it in is usually with a story. So there is a beautiful um, set of books by uh, Bird Baylor, and she recently passed away. However, the books that she wrote have what you would say multi-layered artistry. So they're, they're, the story is a long poem and the, the, the illustrations, although you look at them, they're not you know all these hyper vibrant colors, they are very calming. And when you look at it, you see, oh, there's a rock. Oh, there's a person. Oh, there, and you, you keep noticing different things about them the more you read it. So I did the story, Everybody Needs a Rock. And then after I read it, their assignment was find a rock. It's almost like adopting this rock and then tell the story of the rock, create the story of the rock. And what the students produced 
was not a copy cat of what Bird Baylor did. They really owned it. They, some of them made little beds for their rock. They made rock gardens and they even said, is this nature? And I say, well, you, yes, you didn't buy the rock. You found the rock, you own the rock. So that's why I want to say wherever you are, there is nature. It could be a little inchworm. Now we're getting in the season here where the fireflies or lightning bugs come out yeah. and yeah. kids love them. People love all, oh, there's one, there's one, there's one. Um, and then broaden the concept of nature to include constellations. So wherever you are, there's a part of nature. There's a story that goes with it that you can either find the book in the library, create the story, and also use photography. Use a pen and paper. You know, in, earlier in this conversation, we mentioned looking up at the sky and looking at clouds. Where there is a book, it looked like spilt milk. Look at the clouds. What do they look like? How does that make you feel? And there's also what comes out of that or is a sense of humor, a sense of like lightning and joy and, you know, getting some things off your shoulders. And from that, you know, it's the mother nature feeling of it can be anywhere. Absolutely. And this, these are wonderful ideas. I love all of them. And I just want to add to that. Another thing you can do is bring some, a water feature into your classroom. Um, yeah. having that water in the classroom, just listening to the water, looking at them. You can also use it, you know, in your literacy lesson, for example, encourage your students to write a poem about it or um, a story about um, the water. Um, and, and there are other ways to do it. I love, I love the rock example. This is really awesome. You can also, uh, your students can also draw on the rocks or write something on it if yes. they want. But you can also bring other things, for example, during fall, you can bring a lot of leaves, <laughs> fallen leaves into your classroom, fill it up with leaves yes. and explore the leaves, the colors, the veins, the shapes um, that also provide that connection with nature, which is so important for your students. And it's the visual, as you're saying, what color are the leaves? What sounds are the leaves? The crunch of the leaves. I know for me, when fall comes, I'm all about like, you know, make that little pile of crunch, crunch, crunch. So <laughs> really for nature, you have your five senses. Um, I once worked with someone who was colorblind and I would, yeah, we had these meetings. I was like, fall is my favorite season. I love all the colors. And he was like, I'm colorblind. They kind of look the same to me. And I thought, but you hear nature, you know, yes. you're saying the water feature you can hear if you're, if you're listening at night, it sounds different than during the day. And it's even, I've heard people say, well, I live in the city. I don't hear nature, but if you're, if we're quiet, you'll hear it. You'll hear that bird. You'll see it. You'll feel like, how does it make you feel? Right now, we, we hear a lot of things about organic and being natural and vegetarian and vegan. And part of that is a respect of nature. And that's another type of lesson that also does not have to be a judgmental lesson. It's another exposure. Here are different things that we can get from nature, use nature and give back. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. Nature is all around us and we, we just need to pay attention to it and involve, like you said, our all senses into that process and then magical things happen. So I'll just summarize our session for today. So the what is that when we are connecting with nature, our brain actually comes down and relaxes. And when our brain is calmed down and relaxed, we can think much more clearly. Our cognitive capabilities are enhancing. 
And why it is so important? We know today, even we have research papers to show that that connection with nature has such a huge impact on our social well-being, uh, on our physical well-being, or on our mental well-being, on everything. And we see at schools that where students have connection with nature, we see how they perform much better academically and also socially, which is very important, especially these days after COVID. Um, And how you can do that. So if you have a backyard at your school with nature, this is wonderful. It means it's very easy for you to go about it. But even if you don't, you can bring nature into your classroom in many different ways. Like Hope uh, mentioned, start with reading a book about nature and then take it further along the journey, whether it's drawing clouds or exploring rocks, um, or you can bring in fallen leaves or a water feature. So there are many different ways to bring nature into your classroom. So your students and yourself as a teacher will enjoy all all of the benefits that come with connecting with nature. And so we encourage uh, all of you around the world, all of the teachers to be more intentional about it and and connect your students with nature. And I think it'll be opening a door for opportunities. So once you open that door for the students, based on my experience, you'll find that they will start coming up with the suggestions. Can we do this? Can we do this? Oh, I noticed this. I heard this. I saw this. You know, flowers smell like this. And then there's a whole other thing of which plants and things are edible and not edible. So, you know, it just keeps going and going. And you'll find where you'll say, okay, you know, we've explored this and we're and integrating it into math, science, technology, engineering, and again, calming down, which is something beautiful for all of us. (laughs) Absolutely. We all need it so much. So, um, I encourage all of the teachers that are listening to give it a go and let us know about your experiences with connecting with nature. Write to us. Our email is thethinkingeffectpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know, uh, share your stories. And Hope, thank you so much for spending this time with me today, recording this episode. It's great that you shared your wonderful experiences. Um, I know it's going to benefit educators across the globe. So thank you so much. My pleasure and thank you. And I look forward to hearing how people integrate nature. Absolutely. All right. See you next week. Bye-bye.